Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are here thanks to the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always to your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Brother Harry, a friend of mine, Bashar Hanna, who is the president of my university, Mansfield University in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. He says, keep up with the Falcons' love. He loves the fact that you're passionate about your Atlanta Falcons. He also said, they ain't going to do nothing, but keep up with the love for your Atlanta Falcons. But he, he enjoys the passion. He loves the fact you get behind him, you stand behind him. You are definitely, definitely all about the Falcons. But he said, it ain't going to work out for you, no matter what oh, kind of quarterback Lord. you get. <laughs> no, he did not. Oh, by the grace of God, for him, I went to church this Sunday. So I'm going to keep it positive right now. He but said, don't worry. He said I am, keep up with the hoping, Falcons love. He said keep it up. I am hoping mm-hmm. and I'm, I am praying that uh-huh. we can find our quarterback, okay. not just of 2024, right. but also, Freddie, of the future for the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, well, the future is now for your Atlanta Falcons. And that's Too the sure. deal when it comes to the National Football League, especially with the kind of team having a brand new head coach that's going to get things rolling in the right direction. In my opinion, when it comes to Raheem Moore, so we don't want you, me and Bashar Hanna, we don't want you to dial down your fandom. He just wants you to be more realistic about it. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> that's all. That's all. I'm, that's all. I'm, tr- I'm trying. Yes, you are. I'm trying. Yes, you are. You know, the, the, the best thing about trying is the fact that you are trying. So that is I definitely, am. definitely a good thing. When it comes to trying in about 10 minutes, what now for the San Francisco 49ers trying, trying, trying to end that drought of being a championship-less organization, which is now going on 30 years? We're going to talk about that in about 10 minutes. But we got the whole Harry Dove's Falcons thing out the way, so let's get to the main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. People still having plenty of reactions what happened yesterday. A shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs parade appearing, according to reports, Harry Douglas, to stem for, from a dispute. One person losing their lives, 22 people injured, a lot of those involving children. Police Chief Stacy Gray said the total number of victims is now 23, including Lisa Lopez Galvin, who was killed in that whole deal. She had an update when it comes to what's going on and where the investigation is at. First and foremost, I want to stress that preliminary investigative findings have shown there was no nexus to terrorism or homegrown violent extremism. This appeared to be a dispute between several people that ended in gunfire. During the overnight hours, we learned there are 23 victims of yesterday's shooting. The 22 victims' age range between 8 years old and 47 years old. At least half of our victims are under the age of 16. As mentioned yesterday, we have subjects detained, two of which are juveniles. We are working to determine the involvement of others. 
and it should be noted we have recovered several firearms. The words of the Kansas City Police Chief Stacy Graves talking about where it stands right now after that shooting that happened yesterday at the Chiefs Parade. Scott Beecham hit us on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at HDogs83, and he said there are too many cowards out there that have firearms, and what are we going to do about that? And I'm paraphrasing the last part of that from Scott Beecham. Did I hear her correctly when she said two of the suspects are juveniles? Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's another thing, Freddie, why we got to try our best to reach these young ones. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Now, what they did was senseless, and an argument or a dispute between people end up like this, where innocent people are, are now injured, one person is deceased. This is senseless, man. Mm-hmm. No doubt it's about senseless. that. It's senseless. But I encourage everybody to seriously, man, reach out to our youth. Try to get to them as much as possible because I, I'm of the mindset now, I'm not playing with these young folks. You got to keep it real with them. You have to be firm with them. And you can't just let them get away with any and everything because the one small thing you let them get away with can hurt them in the, in the future. You got to be firm with them. Yeah, more than ever before, we always hear about people want honesty. Sometimes people want honesty if it's going to benefit them. That's not what honesty is supposed to be, making you feel better. It's about making sure that everybody's in the proper space and the proper place by always knowing exactly where people are going to stand, especially when it comes to young people. You have to let them know that this world's a lot bigger than them. And this world is chewed up and spit up, spit out a lot of people who thought that they could handle things and they, they were bigger than the world or tougher than the world. Those things don't fly. I don't care if it's past generations, but even now, that's some of the message, in my opinion, that has been lost or they're not receiving that no matter what generation that is. But LeJarrius Sneed, he's part of the younger generation, the Chiefs cornerback, who's been outstanding all year long, not just on the field but off the field. When he was on Carlin versus Joe, he talked about the team, meaning Kansas City, helping everybody and bringing that community together. Oh, yeah, definitely. I said, me, I was trying to be a hero myself, you know, <laughs> trying to find the kids and Trying to look for the bad guy myself and, you know, just hopefully I'm happy everyone, you know, came out safe and everyone who was involved and got hurt, you know, playing for their family. Oh, man, you know, I say since I've been in Kansas, you know what, it's tragedy, you know, bad snow days, whatever it is, man, they always come together and be as a whole. And that's what I love about this community and this town and this city. You know, it's just everyone's together. Nobody's just one thing is to separate. You know, everyone's together here. I want to celebrate everyone who who was involved on the positive end, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to make sure people were protected um, as many as they could. And, you know, trying to be a hero without trying to attach hero to the front of your chest, right? right. You're literally acting in kindness and mm-hmm. caring about the community, caring about people around you, caring about people's safety. So shout out to everyone, man, who, who in so much wrong yeah. tried to make things right in that situation. Right. Um, and, and putting themselves out there to, to potentially, you know, be harmed. Charles Barkley, I thought, said it best last night regarding the situation on the show he does with Gail King on CNN. And I'm going to read it word for word. He said, and I quote, you can never get desensitized, but we're used to it now, end quote. And just seeing the look on his face spoke even more than those words, because we've had more mass shootings in this country in the first month and a half than we had in the first three to four months last year. But he's exactly right. It's never going to desensitize you but it seems to be part of the order. And when are we going to stop having that being part of the order? Because there's so many supporters on both sides when it comes to guns and handling the guns and who should have one, who should not have one, background checks and everything like that. And the fact that we're having these situations time and time again, and Charles Barkley said it best, 
you never can get desensitized, but we're getting too used to it now when it comes to situations like this. Well, Freddie, we got to get back to loving thy neighbor. Um, we got to get back to being for the people, being for one another, where that's at the forefront and not making a dollar. I see that's another place I think our country has gone. We're so worried about money to the fact that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just common sense and decency and being nice and loving people around you has gone to the back burner. And, and we got to get out of that mind frame and get back to simple caring for one another across the board. No doubt about that. And especially when, and not just because kids were involved, because that brings a whole different element to that situation. But to your point, respect for somebody's space, respect for somebody else. And if you get into a dispute, a dispute, the answer should not be at the end of an AR-15 or an AK-47. It shouldn't be a gun should settle a dispute. We're not living in the wild, wild west days where you're on a horse and that person on the horse, and he looked at you funny, you left out of saloon at 12 paces. We should be further, further along as a society, not just here in the United States, but really anywhere. But how many times are we hearing a dispute started involving a couple of people and other people had nothing to do with that dispute wind up being affected? And that seems to be the case here because a dispute that happened with somebody else who decided for whatever godforsaken reason to bring a weapon to a celebration of not just the Kansas City Chiefs, but the city of Kansas City. There was no need to bring anything like that there, in my opinion. To defend yourself from what? Celebrations? Wine hitting you in the face from the Kansas City Chiefs when they were spraying the champagne all over the place? But someone thought to have a dispute with somebody else for whatever reason that was and thought a gun was going to settle that dispute. Yet, the people that got injured or someone losing their life had nothing to do with that dispute that jumped off once the parade was set or done in Kansas City. And I want to encourage all our listeners, even everyone that work with us, Freddie, you know, keep those families of the victims and those victims in your prayer. No doubt about that. You know what I mean? They, they can use every bit of love that they, that, that they need right now. They really can. Yeah, and not just that city, but everybody involved with that because so many people, even if they were not harmed, that doesn't mean they're not going to face any kind of mental trauma. Deal what they dealt with and what they had a chance to see as far as that continues, continues to happen, unfortunately, in this country. He is Harry Dulles. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. But life does go on, and things continue to go on because we are a sports radio network. So we get back to what we want to do best, want to talk about best, and not trying to put it in the past and be cold about it. But that's what we do here at ESPN Radio where we get to games back onto the football field. And there was a team that played in the Super Bowl that may have a lot to prove in the offseason when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. And especially after yesterday, Harry, when they decided, Kyle Shanahan, not they, I got to put that out. I can't just say they. This was a he thing, not a they thing when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers that after one year's being a defensive coordinator where their defense was a top three defense in the NFL, San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan decided that Steve Wilkes was no longer the answer when it came to being a defensive coordinator. For my money, that's the team right now that needs to win the NFL offseason most, and it's the San Francisco 49ers. That, to me, is the culmination of why they've been a championship-less organization for the past 30 years. And while people look at Kyle Shanahan a little bit funny now and say, well, wait a minute, a lot of those things that happened with you losing the Super Bowl, you at the forefront of that. But then you decide to throw somebody else on the sword for your transgressions and your sins. 
if you're the San Francisco 49ers with even more pressure on you, and Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, can say whatever he likes to say about justifying why he felt that Steve Wilkes should no longer be D.C. of his football team. Good morning, I relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Uh, he is a great football coach. But just where we're going, where we're at with our team, from a scheme standpoint and things like that, I felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. I'm committed to trying, with the situation we're in, trying to find what we believe will give the Niners the best chance in 2024. And when you have a group of guys who have played at a high level doing certain things, um, it's See, this is not the best thing for the organization. This is the best thing for Kyle Shanahan. Because to me, this is a bait and switch maneuver. You fired your defensive coordinator. People are talking more about that than what happened at the end of that Super Bowl and the decisions that you made before overtime and making that decision that wind up costing the San Francisco 49ers that football game. He can say whatever he wants about best for the organization. Mm mm. That was the best for Kyle Shanahan to make sure that somebody else would look in that direction and not everything else being looked upon in his direction. And here's my one issue. If you felt like Steve Wilkes, from a schematic standpoint, from the scheme of things defensively, wasn't the guy, I would think you would know that before you hire him as your defensive coordinator. I would think you would go through the background of Steve Wilkes and what his defenses played, what he liked to run, what he liked to call, the positions that he put players into. I would think you would know all of that before you hire him and you would know if he's a fit for your organization uh, before you bring him in. But that's not what happened, and I just hate that Steve Wilkes – he continuously gets the back burner and get raw deals mm-hmm. from the Arizona Cardinal days and the one year he was there from Carolina after so much negativity and Matt Rule not being able to put this team in a in a prime position or a positive position. Right. But Steve Wilkes, when he took over as the interim head coach, had those guys moving in a positive direction to now with the San Francisco 49ers and uh, being there only a year and now he's uh, relieved of his duties and being the defensive coordinator. So, it's, 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 it's mm-hmm. a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one, and I think he's made it tougher on him. But then again, when you want to get up this morning, like we mentioned, 8, 8, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., right, Greenberg and the cast of characters, you have a different team that needs to win the offseason in the NFL the most. It's not a surprise, but the way you sold it almost swayed me from not taking the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> For those who didn't see you this morning, on get up at 8 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Who's the team, in your opinion, that's when the NFL offseason the most and why? I had a few, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys because, number one, when you look at the situation, the quarterback position with Dak Prescott, and shout out to Todd France, his agent, for making his deal so favorable for the player. Okay. No trade clause. You can, he can't be franchise tagged. Uh, $59.4 million cap hit for Dak Prescott if they don't do anything with his contract. So if I'm Jerry Jones, the first thing I'm saying to myself, well, hell, I can't have almost $60 million on the books for 2024 coming from one person. So the ball's in Dak court when it comes to that. That's the first thing. Okay. Also look at the running back position. You have to be balanced offensively. Mm -hmm. You need to bring a running back in and make sure you're balanced so everything isn't on Dak Prescott. Everything isn't on C.D. Lamb. Yes. And then secondly, you look at two offensive lines, your center and also one of your tackles and Tyron Smith. Uh, Those guys are up for contracts. Those guys are free agents. So what are you going to do in those regards? C.D. Lamb is going to want to get paid. Michael Parsons is going to to want to get paid. And he will. You need a bigger linebacker in the middle of the football field. You can't be playing with no 210, 215-pound linebacker. Basically, the offense looking at it as being a pissant out there on the football field. (laughs) You you can't do it. (laughs) Not in half success. 
constantly, consistently as yeah. a defense. So for the Dallas Cowboys, man, they they have a lot of things to be able to um, uh-huh. to get done right. from a schematic and player standpoint. But the biggest one is going to be Dak Prescott in that contract. Because of your Dak Prescott, no matter what people felt about you before 2023, by the way you performed with those weapons in 2023, the playoff game notwithstanding, you have set yourself up. Because the Cowboys no longer have to think about we're bidding against ourselves. There are going to be other people out there in the land of quarterbacks. If you believe that that guy said, man, we got him here. He wouldn't look like that in a playoff game with the Green Bay Packers. We bring him to this organization. He's going to look a lot better in the playoffs because we're going to put that kind of weapons and structure that realistically, not weapons-wise in terms of having that kind of personnel, but in terms of structure-wise, where the Cowboys always talk a good game when things are going well and they try to talk a good game and they wind up spitting all over themselves. Like we've seen in the playoffs the last three years, but they only won one playoff game and they've had each and last of the last three seasons winning at least 12 games. All of a sudden, Dak Prescott has become that kind of commodity that a team can say, man, if we had him here, get him that kind of contract with the kind of personnel structure that we have and kind of infrastructure we have, it's going to be a lot better for him. The Cowboys no longer have to say, hey, we're the ones that want you more than anybody else. There are more than a couple of teams out there that will say, hey, if you keep screwing around, we'll go in there, get him, and then where are you going to be if you're the Dallas Cowboys? And from the wide receiver position standpoint, you look at CeeDee Lamb, he eclipsed Michael Irvin this season for the Dallas Cowboys single single record in receiving yards. Right. If I'm him and I'm looking at the landscape of things, I'm saying, okay, mm-hmm. they're so reliant on me, I need to get my money. I need to get paid. So that's a whole nother dimension. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you say to yourself, Well, damn, we do rely on C D Lamb a lot. Yeah. How are we not gonna pay him? Yeah, you who are we pay. gonna turn who are we gonna turn to? Yeah, you can't. Because guys like that that you specifically drafted because you could believe that he was going to be a playmaker. And he's turned out to be that playmaker you thought you were drafting when you got him out of Oklahoma. You can't just afford to have somebody else get in his ear and say, man, they don't respect you. Well, first of all, you didn't did all the work in helping develop him. Of course he has talent, but you've done all the work helping develop him and got him to this point, right. assisted him to this point. Absolutely. Just for somebody else to to, to mm-hmm. receive the, the fruit of it? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like going to Las Vegas and you, you play the slot machine, you warmed it up, and somebody comes and put the cord and takes the money that you thought you should have had that mm-hmm. you wind up losing. You can't do that if you're the Dallas Cowboys. You can't all of a sudden say, well, we'll work it out. Sometimes you got to be proactive and not reactive and not just with your quarterback when it comes to Dak Prescott. Believe me. If you're a Cowboys team and you believe in your quarterback and you believe in CeeDee Lamb, you believe in that offense, and you don't do more to make sure you can be a more of a playoff-ready team or better suited for a playoff team by getting that running back and getting bigger in the defensive line and think you can run it back and it's going to be better, then you're going to be the same old Cowboys. S-O-D, same old Dallas. And that same old Dallas has not worked well to be a championship team. At least the 49ers are trying. They've made a bad decision, in my opinion, by moving off of Steve Wilkes. But at least I trust that team it has a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than the Cowboys team that is as talented as the San Francisco 49ers, but yet there's no way you can trust that team in the playoffs. There's no way. Until I actually see it, I'm not believing that from the Dallas Cowboys. Freddie's telling the truth on the radio. <laughs> True. <laughs> I can say that as a Cowboys fan. Let us know at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Which NFL team needs to win the offseason the most? Harry believes it's my Dallas Cowboys. I believe it's the San Francisco 49ers, and a lot of that is more in the headspace and not in the football space. Let us know at 888-729-3776 which NFL team 
has to win the offseason the most. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. And now that the NFL, the big bad NFL is out the way for a while, the NBA, they have this stage. There's a story going on in the association that no one is talking about, and shame on them. That's next on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together. And Freddie and Harry brought to you by Bruce of Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Don't forget, we're going to take your calls at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Which NFL team better win this offseason the most? My man Harry believes it's the Dallas Cowboys. I believe it's the San Francisco 49ers. What about you, 888-729-3776? Which NFL team needs to win the offseason the most but now it's the nba's turn we got all-star weekend starting tomorrow night the nba rising stars game presented by indeed coverage begins at 9 p.m eastern time on most espn radio stations and also be sure to tune into the black history always nba all-star special with two guys named freddie coming to harry douglas airing multiple times this weekend on espn radio let's bring in an fos friend of the show he is gary washburn does a great job covering the nba as a national writer for the boston globe hit him on twitter at g washburn globe now we got a team in that city gary that a lot of people aren't paying attention to, but yet they have the best record in the NBA. Of course, I'm talking about the Boston Celtics. Why have they not gotten that kind of talkative love that we hear from other teams in the NBA? Well, I think partially because they've you know made to several Eastern Conference Finals uh, and not gotten over the top. So at this point, it's kind of like, you know, the 49ers a little bit, Freddie. Wake me, wake me when you get to the finals because we've seen this before. So I think that the Celtics are going to have to do their proving in the playoffs. They're going to have to win, obviously, multiple playoff series, get to the finals. They're going to have to face, you know, a, a really tough opponent, whether it be the Milwaukee Bucks, the New York Knicks, or the Miami Heat, or, or Philadelphia, or Cleveland, uh, in that Eastern Conference finals. They're going to have to get over that hump. They're going to have to get to the finals. 
then I think you'll see people kind of believe it. Because right now, you can't prove anything for the Celtics in the regular season when you've had so many successful regular seasons but not won a championship since 2008. Gary, the Boston Celtics head coach, Joe Mazzula, he's in his second year. Had some bumps and bruises in year one on the playoff run before losing um, in the conference finals to the Miami Heat. What's been the biggest difference in Missoula in year two? Well, I think it's more being comfortable in his own skin, you know, uh, having his own system, a full year, a full training camp, also his own staff. Last year he was coaching with Ime Udoka's staff. All those guys are likely were likely to go wherever Udoka went, and most of them did. Most of them are now in Houston. And so when you're coaching with a staff, where Harry, where you know these guys are looking for their next jobs, they're trying to figure out what's their future. That's just not cohesion. That's just not going to work out uh, the best as it should. And I think uh, Missoula is also a little bit more humble, a little bit more uh, confident at the same time, and and also understands kind of the rigors of the NBA season, wearing your players out maybe a little too early in the season, understanding that it's a long journey, 100 games if you're a championship caliber team and not wearing your guys out before that goes down. So I just think a lot of the little lessons he's learned and come back better equipped. Gary Washburn does a great job as a national NBA writer for the Boston Globe, joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. How much did you just say about Joe Mazzulla? Could you say the same about a guy playing at MVP level when it comes to Jason Tatum? Yeah, Tatum has become, uh, Freddie, more of a playmaker, more of a, a better all-around player. Obviously, he's always been able to score since he, he came into the league, right? But now he's defending. Now he's passing. Now he doesn't. He knows he doesn't need to score 35 points a night. He has good quality teammates. He has Porzingis. He has Holiday. He has Jalen Brown, Derek White. So he doesn't need to put up 35 and 40 points. But he can put up seven, eight rebounds, seven, eight assists. Uh, get a steal or two, play defense at a high level. And that's what's going to make him a complete player. I think we, we've all seen Jason Tatum for the last seven or eight years and say he's got a chance to be a, an elite player in this league, and he's approaching that level. I think I think obviously the 22 finals were, were not his finest moment, you know, uh, losing that battle to Andrew Wiggins and not looking his best. And I think, one, he, he remembers that, and two, I think he's become a better all-around player since then. The Celtics lost Marcus Smart. They decided, hey, we need to go go out and get a guy in Drew Holiday. They bring him in. He's a guy that's a two-way player. He can score the basketball at will if you need him to do it. He can deliver the basketball and put guys in the right positions, in my opinion. But he also can defend multiple positions on the defensive end. Talk about Drew Holiday and his impact for the Boston Celtics so far this year. Yeah, I mean, he has just been – just exactly what they expected. A guy who could defend, mm-hmm. a guy who can hit hit the, the corner three, a guy who can kind of run your offense and put it into some order. Um, and, and he does it very quietly. You know, he's not going to demand the ball. He's not demanding a certain role. He's not demanding certain minutes. He wants to win another championship. He understands how close the Celtics are and how hungry they are to win a championship because he was in that – uh, position a couple of years ago with the Milwaukee Bucks in 21. So he understands the role he needs to fit. Now, you know, and I think when you get to that certain age, you guys know when you're 32, 33, you're trying to do whatever it takes to win a championship. You know, you're not, you're past the stats, you're past the personal stuff. You are trying to do whatever it takes to help a team win. 
and I think he's fit in perfectly with his kind of low, you know, like quietness. He's not a real vocal guy. Uh, he'll talk when he needs to talk, and he'll fill whatever role, like you said. He'll guard a five if you need, need to. He'll guard the, the point guard. He'll guard the three-man. He'll guard a power forward, whatever it takes, and he's doing those little things that they need to win. I think that's put them at another level this year as opposed to last year. Gary, I want to get your thoughts on this. When I look at a guy like Drew Holiday, I remember that NBA Finals. They went down to the Phoenix Suns 0-2. Then Drew Holiday really stepped up his game, right, picking up Chris Paul full court. When I'm looking at the Eastern Conference and you have a guy like Donovan Mitchell, you look at the Milwaukee Bucks Bucks who have a Damian Lillard, the New York Knicks who have a Jalen Brunson, the Philadelphia 76ers who have a Tyrese Maxey. It's having a player that can pick up the opposing team's point guard that are pivotal players, is that a major benefit for the Boston Celtics and why they really, one of the reasons why they made that move? Yeah, just to have somebody who can offer resistance. I mean, you're not going to stop these guys. You're not going to just completely shut down a Donovan Mitchell who's like a Dwayne Wade and just a, and a fullback with his athleticism and, and Jalen Brunson and, like you said, Tyrese Maxey and Dane Lillard. But you can – you can make them one. You can make them play defense also, right. too. So they got to guard Drew Holiday too. So that can can offer some fatigue on that side, but also just some resistance from Holiday getting in their jersey. You know, no, he knows that their spots where they like to have the ball, and he just wants to to make it tougher for them. You're not going to stop those guys. Not holding them to five points, but you want them to, to six for twenty from the field. Seven for twenty-two. You want them to have a rougher time trying to score the ball, and that's what the Celtics are trying to do. They're top two, three defense, top three offense right now. So they're putting the emphasis on both sides of the ball. It's all just going to come down to the playoffs, and you know because the, the, the East is going to be treacherous with Cleveland, New York, and Milwaukee, and we know they the Celtics still have Miami in their their rearview mirror because that that rivalry always seems to creep up in the playoffs. So. It's a long way to go, but so far they've done very well. Gary Washburn, Boston Globe National NBA writer, joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You look at the city of Boston, the Red Sox in limbo. The New England Patriots, no more Bill Belichick. The Boston Bruins have the best record in the history of the National Hockey League and flamed out in the first round. How badly does that city need the Boston Celtics to break through and win the championship? Yeah, Freddie, you're right. I mean, they're the last team in Boston not you know to, to win a t- to be – Titleless, right? Yeah. I mean, as much as we remember 2008, like it was just a few years ago, now we're talking about 16 years. We're talking about a, a, a young generation that's never seen the Celtics win a title. The, mm-hmm. the kids that are in high school don't remember that 08 team, right? So there is a pressure on this organization to break through, especially when you go to five Eastern Conference Finals and, you know, a few of them you run into to LeBron James. But last year, in the one the bubble, they ran into a Miami team that they felt they were better than, and they still lost. So there's a there's a hunger there, and there's kind of an impatience with the fan base. Like, okay, when is Jason Tatum? When is Jalen Brown? When are they going to break through and win a championship? When is it their year? Because I felt like they looked at the Denver Nuggets and said, why can't that be us? Right. So this is a big year, uh, probably the biggest year in Boston for the Celtics since that 018 because they're of that pressure and because they failed and fallen short over the last few years. Gary, I always appreciate you, my friend. Keep up the great work. We'll holler at you soon. And thanks for joining us. And Freddie and Harry, my brother, you take care. Thanks a lot, fellas. He's an FOS friend of the show. Gary Washburn, Boston Globe National NBA writer. Great follow on Twitter at G Washburn Globe.
I wasn't trying to drag Harry Douglas. I know Harry's a Boston Bruins fan. <laughs> but I had to throw that out there because think about that city. They were for the longest time calling themselves the city of champions. Bruins, Red Sox, Patriots, even though the Celtics had not won in a minute. Now all of a sudden, there's been a drought in that city. People did not think that was going to happen last year. Thought the Bruins were going to run through the Stanley Cup playoffs, couldn't get out of the first round after having that series lead, and were not able to finish the job. Can't believe all the pressure on the Boston Celtics, not just in the NBA, but from the city of Boston as well. Yeah, you really hurt my heart, Freddie, because <laughs> I, I was it. expecting to go to the second round of the playoffs, right, for the Boston Bruins. I had bought my Pasternak jersey and everything, uh-huh. and they messed around and lost yeah. <laughs> in that playoff series. But uh-huh. I would also say this, for the Boston Celtics, having that third pure score that you can count on in Porzingis Absolutely. means everything to me. And I thought that was one of the things that they were lacking last year, having that third guy that you know. Yep. Right, because right now they have Tatum averaging 25 and above. They have Jalen Brown averaging 22 and Porzingis averaging 20. It's great when you have a big that can be pivotal, facing the basket, back to the basket, also be a rim protector as well. Yeah, because a guy like that, and if he's going to be healthy, and I know he's had bumps and bruises here, but if he's right and ready for them, that's something that no one in the Eastern Conference has, that kind of rim protection where you know that a guy can score on the inside, step out and make shots, but also make sure – that it's not going to be an easy path to the front of the rim and try to generate offense that way. That was a problem for the Celtics last year. Even though Robert Williams was good, he wasn't like that, like Christos Brzezing, who's shown he can be that pterodactyl. Couldn't that stretch can, the floor. You got somebody that can stretch the floor No now. doubt about that because he can play inside and outside, and that is something that the Celtics really needed to redu- reduce that pressure on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Don't forget about NBA All-Star Week, and it continues when it comes to the State Farm All-Star Saturday night and radio coverage presented by Indeed begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time on that night on most ESPN radio stations. And don't forget to tune into the Black History Always NBA All-Star Special with me, Freddie Coleman, and Harry Douglas, appearing multiple times this weekend on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. But back in the National Football League, it's time for you to play general manager for your NFL team. Which team needs to win the offseason the most and why? Join the conversation of Freddie and Harry call on line at 888-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. Harry believes it's the Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys. I believe it's the San Francisco 49ers. They could be your 49ers. But what team needs to win the NFL offseason the most as far as you're concerned? 888-729-3776. We take your calls next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN radio. The word belief is going to come into plenty of different forms right now when it comes to which NFL team needs to win the offseason the most. Harry Douglas believes it's the Dallas Cowboys. You got Dak Prescott's contract. Other guys are going to want to get paid like CeeDee Lamb and Micah Parsons. And trust me, all three of them are going to get paid one way or the other. I think it's the San Francisco 49ers, especially losing another Super Bowl after having a 10-point lead on Kansas City. And then they move on from the defensive coordinator when it comes to Steve Wilkes after only one year. There's going to be even a lot more pressure on Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers to get that done. Which team needs to win the NFL offseason the most? Let's hear from you at Triple H, say ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. Mahalo, Dennis, in Hawaii. Who is that team and why? Well, I believe, I believe it's the New York Jets. Um, you know, the high expectations last year. Um, they, need, they need to get Golden Boy healthy. They need to rebuild the <laughs> offensive line, and they need another receiver. But the defense was quite good. And if they aren't on the field two-thirds of the time, they might yeah. even be better. Yeah. Dennis, are you a Jets fan, my friend? No, I'm not. I'm okay. a Packer fan. Okay, because oh, your Packers, you're right. Your Packers are going to be fine. But he went to the other team, Harry, oh. in green. <laughs> right, Dennis? <laughs> May I bring up one other point, gentlemen? Real Have quick? at it. Have at it. There's all, there's all this talk about Shanahan made the wrong decision, this and that. Okay. The real problem is the egregious way that that is decided who gets to make that choice. The random coin flip at the beginning of overtime is completely egregious, and they need to find a way where there's a competitive situation to determine that. At the beginning of the game, it's a moot point. Okay. At, at the beginning of overtime, you're handing one team a huge advantage. Dennis, what would, total Dennis, net yards. Dennis, what would you suggest then? What would you suggest that instead of a coin toss beginning of overtime? What would you suggest? Yeah, it's the coin toss is egregious. You're giving, you're handing an advantage to one team. Well, I, I would say this: now with the overtime rules or whatnot, mm-hmm. both teams get an opportunity to get the football. Mm-hmm. So yes. I don't think it's 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 more egregious as right. it used to be. True, right? I never thought um, it was to begin with, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. You know, the NFL they they want to try things new and change things up. We had uh-huh. to change. Yeah. Both teams had an opportunity to get the football or whatnot. Right. But I would say this about the Jets: the first thing on their list should be offensive line because you can't Absolutely. have Aaron Rodgers not protected coming off an Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. No and doubt. here's something else that I don't think a lot of people are noticing with the Jets either: What's that? they had a ferocious defensive line. Well, they have a lot of people on that defensive line that are free agents too. Huff, they for have example. S- 
Huff, Solomon Thomas, mm-hmm. Quentin Jefferson, Carl yep. Lawson, Al Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they still have some pieces in those regards on, on that defensive line, but you got to see how many of those guys are you going to be able to keep. Yep. Uh, Huff is probably going to be a high-priced guy. You're probably not going to be able to keep him. Mm-hmm. And you're going to hope Will McDonald can step up and make some plays in which you took him in the first round in 2022. But offensive line is the number one priority and another receiver as well. No doubt. So, Dev, what would you suggest, Devin came with our producers, in terms of making sure it's not as egregious when overtime happens when it comes to a coin flip? What if you have, like, tug of war or something like that? <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. You can stack. You have to increase the roster size on game day by one person. So you have one person designated as the tug of war <laughs> player on the team. He doesn't even need to be a football player. Apparently. He can just be really good at tug of war. <laughs> You know, anything that can cause kind of chaos that's off the beaten path, I'm okay with that. Just have, like, one 400-pound guy on your roster that when that happens, he, he wins the tug and of war. And you bet on it, too. That, that's course. when the Eagles' big dom comes in handy. True. <laughs> because he is a big something. There's no doubt about that. Derek in Virginia, which the NFL team needs to win the offseason the most and why, my friend? Guys, thank you so much for having me. Love you guys. Thank you make an hour and a half commute home every day go by so quick. Appreciate and that. I think I was going to say uh, arm wrestling, have an arm wrestling table <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the, you know, at the, at the front. That's tremendous. But <laughs> so even though my Bucks have a lot of decisions that they have to make, which, by the way, Freddie, I think your, your boy who called out Harry is a Bucks man. <laughs> I think it's the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to, if they don't get it straight, we might be talking about the Bengals in about four or five years, saying that their window has gone. They're going to be losing uh, offensive players. They've got some defensive players they need to sign. We may be saying, yo, what happened to Jared Burrow? I, I, I honestly think it's the Bengals. Okay. Yeah, I think. Well, oh, and by, I, the way, yeah. by the way, Kyle Shanahan set Steve Wills up for the fall in the middle of the season, back when they had that slide. And he made him move down from the booth to the field. He was already planning on using him as a scapegoat. Mm, that's that's a good point. Yeah, really well done, Derek. I'll say this about Cincy. I think the biggest thing for them, you have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd who are free agents. Um, You're probably not going to be able to keep both of them. Do you franchise tag T. Higgins? I can see that. And also Jamar Chase is going to want a new contract. Now, defensively, you can add some more pieces to your defensive line. Uh, DJ Reader, he's a free agent as well. Mm-hmm. To see if you can become more dominant up front. All points are valid, but it all depends on Joe Burrow's injury, how he responds to it, how he recovers from that. Because with the kind of personnel that they have, you know they can – the offensive line, they need to fix that a little bit in Cincinnati too. Because you can't allow Joe Burrow to try to be tougher than your offensive line. The offensive line has to be tougher than your quarterback. And if you can't fully protect him and he's putting himself – or they're putting him in harm's way – then it's a hamster on the wheel situation when it comes to Joe Burrow because there's no question that he's one of the toughest guys in the National Football League. He had to be behind that offensive line. So, yeah, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd priorities. But how do you fix that offensive line to be better in front of your franchise player? And and, and I don't know if it's having a new O-line coach or changing some things up from a scheme standpoint because they paid so many guys on their offensive line. And they got a lot of new The last draft, two or three years. They got a lot of first-round draft picks that are playing like seventh-round draft picks when it comes to that offensive line. You got a guy like Joe Burrow behind that offensive line. That toughness can't be beaten out of him if you can't have that offensive line 
being a lot better for the Joe Burrow to get the ball outside to those playmakers when it comes to wide receivers in Cincinnati. Keep weighing in, 888-729-3776. Which NFL team needs to win the offseason the most and why? We take your phone calls on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. And can we use the word belief and the Los Angeles Clippers in the same sentence? That's next. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. 